started off because we were recording commercials last week. And this is where I start beatboxing. (laughs) You're really bad at that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's not prepared for it to be that bad. You know what? I'm trying my hardest to fulfill my dreams. Well, Josh and I just finished all of the Marvel movies. Oh, that sounds exhausting. I'm not going to lie. You know, it only took us like two weeks to get through how many movies? A ridiculous a number We also of went movies. through WandaVision. Very good. Have you seen it yet? Yes, I've seen all of it. I love so, it. So did we. We it watched was, it in two days. It was like it was made for little Ashlyn. It was anyway. great. <laughs> it was really great. Part of me wished they had prolonged it a little longer, but but then we thought about it because we binged it in one, like two days because, mm-hmm. because it's a short it, little series. Well, the whole thing had already come out by the time we got to it. Right. And... Josh brought up the good point of if we had to have waited every week for it to come out, it would have seemed longer than it did for the secret to come out. And I was like, oh, yeah. that makes a good point. Yeah. We we were so, all hurting. It's anyway. so good, though. No spoilers. No spoilers. But yes. Uh, anyway, I don't know how to segue into this. Hi, and welcome back to I'll Tell You What, a spoopy podcast. My name is Ashlyn. And I'm Miranda. And it's been a week. Yeah, because that's what we do now. <laughs> it's just weeks. We're doing one episode a week instead of two episodes a week to bring you better content because we're tired. And yeah, uh, this this will be better content. I am I'm far happier with this episode than I have been yeah. uh, with my past few ones. So exactly because now I'm you have excited. two weeks to come up with an episode, and I'm still going to just do it in one day. Like but at three least days, I still get you know at least one Saturday a month. That's anyway, true. <laughs> I work every Saturday. <laughs> Uh, you work fewer hours than I do, though. <laughs> Are you trying to say that my job isn't as nice as your job? I'm saying and I get paid just, more. That's rude. <laughs> that is classist. No, I'm literally, I'm not saying so I'm better rude. than you because I get paid more. I'm just saying I literally just get paid more. So rude. <laughs> I've never been so disrespected. I respect, I respect you and your In income. my life. I'm respecting you and your way of income a little you know less now. <laughs> you know what? This is what it does to you? Yeah, I don't respect it at all. <laughs> all right. Rude. Also, don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting apps. Yeah, do that. We would appreciate it. And we now have a little donate ability. Yeah, you can, uh, I guess... Go to our anchor page. Go to our anchor page or... She's going to put a link in the the description because I forgot to on my last episode for about 40 minutes and then I... Added it later, but it's there now. Oh, good. It's there now. Uh, Click that link and somehow, some way you can donate to us and we would truly appreciate it. On the note of our episode last week, Mm -hmm. one of our listeners, Vigor Retrograde. Oh, Virgo Retrograde. Oh, that makes so (laughs) much sense now. I'm a Virgo. I know you are. Why can't I read? It's all one word, though, you know? We, it, it looks very oh wait, confusing. They, they know when my birthday is. Never mind. <laughs> I was like, can we get them to guess when my, what my star <laughs> sign is based on my personality? Oh, my gosh. Did you know, before I get into this, did you know most serial killers are Pisces? That is wholly unsurprising. Going back to what I was talking about, we got a comment on my post on Instagram. Yes, you can comment on our Instagram. I'll talk about that later, though. Virgo Retrograde. Uh, just listened to our episode mm-hmm. and actually gave us like an, a really cool 
reply with some knowledge that I didn't think about Ooh, from the episode. Fancy. So I'm telling you now, if you haven't listened to the episode and you don't want any spoilers, go listen to that episode and then come back to this episode. Don't tell them to click off my episodes, Miranda. <laughs> Rude. They said, just finished this episode on my way to work. Great job. I feel like John, but then they went on to say, I feel like John Waller too easily dismissed the uh, ergo fungi theory citing mm-hmm. different climates and rivers. Yeah. Um, those rivers have been used as trade routes even before the time of the Romans. And I was like, wow, I didn't think about that at all. They went on to say, yeah, who isn't to say that maybe there was a bad crop of wheat, rye mm-hmm. or barley that was sold up and down the rivers to those towns. And I was like, that's a really good point. Oh, yeah. And I just thought I'd I love put, it. like slip that in. A little extra knowledge. That's that's great. I, I love that input. I know. I, I love it. I really do love it when um, I do an episode about stuff with a fair amount of detail and stuff, but mm-hmm. somebody else might just have like a little bit more knowledge or another theory yeah, about it or like something. Yeah, like another theory or And they, they give it to me because it just, I'm like, wow, <laughs> I didn't think about that. I and like also it. also communication and talking and yes. socializing. Communi- community. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Friendship. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I know. I know we're being sarcastic, but I'm really not. I can't take I anything like seriously um, on Look. that front. Uh, I am Which a Virgo. Funny because she's a Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll right. get the we'll get the big astrology community if we talk about this stuff, Ash. <laughs> anyway, they, they love a good podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying. No. Murder shows it. and good. And cult I get shows. it. No, truly, I don't. Honestly, I can't sit down and watch murder shows or cult shows at home for some reason. Yeah. However, I have been watching them at the gym. <laughs> Makes sense. And I'm certain people have like looked over at my treadmill and like seen my phone propped up on the treadmill watching a murder documentary and been going like, what? <laughs> it's it's such a popular topic though. I mean... Yes, but it, I really don't see a lot of people doing that at the gym. <laughs> I watch a good long oh. show that's informative and such. And so it keeps your attention away from how long you've been walking on this yeah. treadmill. I watched cartoons at the gym. That's what I did when I was last at the gym, which mm. was college. Anyway. Well, you're old. I don't have shape. Ugh. I'm old. <laughs> um, and I guess technically I'm out of shape. Given okay. that I've been going to the gym for a month. Do you think I'm in shape yet? <laughs> nope. I'm not sure I ever can be in shape again. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's a possible I thing. I wasn't even going to bring it up. I'm just saying I don't think I can be considered in shape. Like what is considered in shape? I'm is it a healthy sure. body? Because I can't have that anymore. I'm pretty sure people, if you ever leave this stuff in, because I don't know if you leave half of it in, probably think I'm some horrible person no! because cause I make fun of you and your heart condition all the time. <laughs> But it's only because I'm your sister and I'm allowed to do that. I mean, I make jokes about, uh, you know, my heart being broken and that's why I can't <laughs> love another person, but it's fine. <laughs> that's good. That's a very good one. The rest of us have no excuses. Right? That's why you're all in relationships, because you have to be. <laughs> I'm sorry. Joke. Uh, joke? I just call him joke instead of Josh. <laughs> Josh and I have some like weird codependent relationship to stroke our own egos. Yeah, but it works for you too. It does. Like honestly, I thought about that when uh, when you know I was like, okay, they're definitely flirting. Like this was before you told me anything, and I was like, okay, they're flirting. You know, that's kind of. I didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> so but you, you know what? It kind of stalked me. Like, it works. Years. 
It works. Like <laughs> just wait, we're getting to it. But no, it's not murder this week, Miranda. I know. I just wanted to threaten him a yeah. little bit. Yeah, you ready to get upset about the government actually, again? I'm going to go on government rants again because I don't actually know enough about any of this to be doing as many rants okay. as I go on. Um, try to rein in the rants a little bit because Dang. I've got at least eight pages of research here. And it's Ooh. still, I'm going to say this beforehand, it's still not as in-depth as it can go because this is a giant rabbit hole. Mm. So on that note, Miranda, I'll tell you what. What? I'll tell you about Agent Orange. Oh my God, I heard about this. Do you know anything about it? No, I just I just heard, I think I heard of Agent Orange. Yeah, uh, I know our mom has talked about it a little bit. And no, I so definitely didn't hear it from mom. Well, I think it was her uncle that I was actually affected by it. Oof. Maybe we shouldn't say that. Classified information Not redacted, really. redacted. Not really. A lot of They're people. They're going to come after us. A lot of people were affected by it. So we're going back now to the US Biological Weapons Program. Could you say if you remember that? We're going back to the future. Hopefully not, because this would be a horrifying future. <laughs> so do you remember the US Biological Weapons Program? Um, I'm sure you've mentioned it before. We talked about it in our Lyme disease episode. Mm, yes. Did they also... No, they weren't the ones who created LSD. Not really. They were kind of involved a tiny bit. This is around the same time era. Okay. Like this... Yeah. Okay. So, what is Agent Orange? Mm. I don't know. Well, Agent Orange is a powerful herbicide defoliant. It kills plants. Why? Well, it was one of the tactical use rainbow herbicides. And these were different chemicals used by the U.S. military during the Vietnam War. I'm sorry, were they trying to kill other countries' crops? Yes. Ah! That's just officially. Officially, it was to kill the jungle life so that those in the, like, guerrilla... Warfare or whatever. Yeah, guerrilla warfare. Like, people hiding in trees and everything wouldn't have that cover. Yeah, but you're also killing rainforests. Rude. They were more concerned Shame about on you, the government. Oh, you're already mad. Well, this bodes well. Okay. I'm just upset <laughs> they would just kill harmless plants. So these herbicides were named after the color of the marks on the 55-gallon tubs that stored the chemicals. Wonderful. Agent Orange, for example, had an orange band around the barrel. Lovely. So herbicide and war. Yeah, we're getting to the thing that you just brought up. So rude. It's like genocide for herbs. I mean, yeah, herbicide, yes. The murder of, of, <laughs> of plants. You know what? Sometimes you have to say things in layman's terms, Ashlyn. What if there's children listening to this podcast? I'm of course, sorry they're not going to a genocide children. <laughs> Should we explain to the children what genocide no, is? No, we're okay. moving on. <laughs> in the early 1940s, soybeans were a fairly new crop that had been imported from China. I'm sorry. I was not expecting soybeans. I'm, le- I'm telling just, a story here, Miranda. Okay, you gotta let me the go. Soybeans to be it's part soybeans. of it. Anyway, I love a good soybean. So one graduate student, Arthur Galston, was interested in finding ways in which to make the soybean plants flower and fruit faster. Ooh. The study became his PhD thesis, and he found success with the chemical two three five triiodobenzoic acid (TIBA). The use of this chemical came with an unwanted side effect. <gasps> well, it did make the plant flower and fruit faster, too much of the chemical would cause the plant to synthesize and produce ethylene. What this is that? 
This ethylene would activate an enzyme within the plant that would eat through its cell's walls between the leaf and the stem, causing the leaves to fall off the plant. You know, it sounds like something that would have happened to a super villain. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to use this thing to become even more super. And someone's like, no, not too much, because I'm pretty sure this actually is the plot line of Iron Man 2. What are you... Oh, my God. It's been forever since I've seen that movie. Iron Man 2. Well, they make a plant that heals itself and can regrow. And then they give it to people, Mm -hmm. and basically they can heal themselves if they get injured, but if they, like do it too much or somehow they're like the wrong person or Mm -hmm. something and it just interacts with their body wrong they blow up it's creepy so I think this is where Iron Man 2 got the idea possibly in short Galston had created a powerful defoliant yes this of course was not the world's first defoliant but the discovery did not go unnoticed in 1951 researchers from Fort Detrick if you remember that from our Lyme disease episode, oh, Miranda. Oh, yes. Contacted Galston to recruit him to aid them in the development of a more potent and effective herbicide. Ooh. If you recall, we talked a lot about Fort Detrick in our episode on Lyme disease, like I said. And Fort Detrick was effectively the headquarters for the American chemical warfare. Just all of it. Ooh. In particular, the fort focused on studying the effect of diseases and chemicals on livestock and agriculture. So in World War II... The Allied Mm. forces became invested in herbicides and defoliants as the terrains of the Pacific had caused casualties as they stormed beaches. Well, Well, not only were they slowed down in their movements, but enemies could hide within the foliage and take them down. Yeah, yeah. So the idea of destroying plants as a war tactic was first employed by Britain in the 1950s during the Malayan Emergency. We're going into wars now. Wonderful. My favorite. I know. (laughs) And we're going to do multiple this one. No. Yeah. (sighs) So the Malayan National Liberation Army of the Malayan Communist Party aimed to gain independence for Malaya from Britain and establish a socialist economy. Fighting spanned both during the colonial period and into the establishment of an independent Malaya from 1948 to 1960. Mm. While Britain referred to it as the emergency, Mm. the MNLA called it the Anti-British National Liberation War. Okay. So they're finding their own little revolution here. Yeah. The British used herbicides to deprive insurgents of coverage and enact a starvation campaign by destroying rural crops in the early 1950s. Okay, that's just rude. I'm sorry, that's taking it a little too far. Oh yeah, the destroying the crops? Yeah! People still need to eat. I know, right? Jeez. It's it's only going to get worse. Why do you this tell is... me about these things? Because <laughs> you asked me to. I you did not hey, ask for a this podcast. one specifically. <laughs> I did not say, hey, Ashlyn, you like war? You like horrible <laughs> things? Well, She's actually a monster. Based on this usage by the British, yes. Secretary of State Dean Rusk would go on to tell President John F. Kennedy that the British had established a legal precedent in using herbicides as a warfare tactic. Oh, great. This this gets important later. Yeah. So Agent Orange was created using two phenoxy herbicides, 2,4-dichlorophenoxyacetic acid, 2,4-D, and 2,4-5-trichlorophenoxyacetic acid, Mm -hmm. 2,4-5-T, at a 1-to-1 ratio. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, T. Okay. 
Well, the U.S. had actually already manufactured large quantities of 2,4-D and 2,4-5-T, uh-huh. as they had been prepared to use those to defoliate Japan in 1946, <sighs> had the Japan not surrendered after the bombs were dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. But also, America. also that might have been better than dropping an atomic bomb. That's true. On them. So like, That's there were true. other options, and now yeah. I'm getting a bit of mm, mm. Hmm. Ethics. Hmm. I mean, this also isn't really... I wouldn't consider it ethical, but war. America. You suck. <laughs> Just kidding. I live here. Ashlyn, if our podcast hasn't made us a target yet, I don't think they're ever going to come for us. I know. It's okay. We can say whatever we want <laughs> and no one will know. <laughs> oh, that's going to come back to bite us, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so the Vietnam War. Yes. What do you know about it? I've seen Forrest Gump. Okay. <laughs> I have not. What is wrong with you? Why haven't you? Film major. Film major. Degree in film. Do you have any idea how many films there are in the Degree world? Degree in film has never seen Forrest Gump. It's the most American movie. It's a great movie. I've seen it at least three times. Probably more. Okay. And So what do you know about Vietnam War? Well, at one point they were in the jungle. And his friend, Bubba, is telling him about all the different kinds of That's shrimp not, no. you can make. <laughs> it's true. That's not what the Vietnam War was about. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. But at one point, at one point, they get attacked, and at one point, uh, Forrest is, is running around trying to save everybody. And I'm pretty sure he, like, pulls his entire, like, brigade out of the jungle. Okay. And then he gets shot in the butt. <laughs> and Lieutenant Dan loses his legs. And that's how we won the Vietnam War. We lost the Vietnam War, Miranda! <laughs> <laughs> The biggest military shame of the U.S. <laughs> Ooh, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna do some history now. Because apparently you need it. American history failed me, let's be honest. Well, and this gets really um Ooh. if you were already mad at our government. I'm sorry. This is just going to get worse. That's why all the hippies came out in droves against the Vietnam oh, War. Oh, yes. Yeah. There's there's a big reason for that. And honestly, they were right. Anyway, so Vietnam War is where things get uh, tricky. Background of the entire war. Mm-hmm. From 1877 to World War II, Vietnam was a French colony. During French colony? Yes. During World War II, it was occupied by the Japanese armies. Mm. So while Japan and France were fighting for the colony, an independent faction formed under Ho Chi Minh, who was inspired by Lenin and the Bolshevik Revolution. So I'm was sorry, a communist. I heard, I heard Lenin and I was like, oh. No. <laughs> Not John Lenin. Miranda. <laughs> I was like, wow, he really spoke to Although London, I believe, was also a communist. Anyway. That's quite the possibility. Well, uh, at one point, the government was surveilling him mm. as well. Is that why they murdered him? No. Oh, my God. A new conspiracy theory. 
That is not a new conspiracy, <laughs> first of all. Second of all, calm down. That's <laughs> what happens when you make me record after 10. So Ho Chi Minh was a communist. Yes. That, that becomes important later. Sure. He established the League for the Independence of Vietnam in 1941. Okay. And hours after Japan's surrender on September 2nd, 1945, Ho Chi Minh declares independence from France for Vietnam. Yay! This did not go over well. Oh. Ultimately, however, the Vietnamese won their independence Yay. at the Battle of Dien Bien Phu after a four-month siege. Yay! But who will rule this new Vietnam? I don't know. Who? Will it be Ho Chi Minh's communist government? No. Or the Vietnamese emperor, Bao Dai? The emperor? No. Was it neither? Was this a trick question? <laughs> yeah. How dare so, you? The Geneva Accords in 1945 split Vietnam into two factions. I swear to goodness. North Vietnam was to be led by Ho Chi Minh's communist government, and South Vietnam would be ruled by Emperor Bao Dai. An election was scheduled for two years later to unify Vietnam under one government. So basically the people would choose after a couple of okay. years. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, that's a, <clears throat> I mean, not a bad compromise. So like, how, do you like this better? Or do you like this better? Yeah. Vote. Except the U.S. <laughs> of course, the U.S. <clears throat> what did the U.S. do now, Ashlyn? So the U.S. was currently in the midst of the Cold War. Mm. What is the Cold War? The Cold War was know. the U.S., democratic capitalism versus the Soviet Union and their communism and basically it was the two of them staring each other down holding nukes being like if you sh shoot I'm gonna decimate you Oh, and the other one was like oh, if you shoot one. I'm gonna decimate you oh that one wasn't that like near Florida the cold war lasted an entire period no I'm thinking we've, of something else. We've discussed in depth the Cold War several times, Miranda. Have we? <clears throat> yes. I, I'm convinced I First will never of all, know what the MK Ultra. I'm convinced I will never actually know what the Cold War was. The Red Scare. Nope. Why do we bother? Why do I? Why do I bother? I'm with convinced. <laughs> I'm convinced. I, I have amnesia when it comes to the Cold War. Like I will never remember it. It was. It was. It was a big thing. Uh, the entire reason it was called the Cold War was b because there was there was no battling, really. Yeah. It was just really cold. <laughs> and the Cold War was the motivating factor between or behind MKUltra. Yes, yes. And yeah, yeah. a lot of what other What does that have to do with Vietnam? Well, they were concerned that the people of Vietnam would choose communism, so they didn't want the election to take place. I'm sorry. What? what <clears throat> why did we need to be a part of that when... It wasn't, it's not our country. Why, why I'm did we need to go into that? Why did we need to stick our nose in it? So President Harry S. Truman's Truman Doctrine had pledged political, military, Truman. and monetary assistance to democratic countries facing communist forces. Oh, Truman. The domino theory from President Dwight D. Eisenhower suggested that a communist victory in Vietnam would cause a domino effect throughout all of Southeast Asia and should be prevented at all costs. I'm sorry, but if if they like the idea of communism, who are we to say no? And now you understand why people were protesting the war, partially. A lot of people actually didn't know that we didn't have that much business in it. We'll get into that in a moment. Say, I was not taught that in school. I don't well, even remember learning about a lot the Vietnam of, War in school. Well, that's why a lot of, there was that whole age of, like, anti-war. I'm part of that. 
Yeah, but I'm talking about like the 60s and 70s. I was not born then. I'm ancient. Yeah. Uh, that's why so many people protested the Vietnam War. I get it. I'm with you. So meanwhile, the Soviet Union, alongside the newly formed People's Republic of China, a communist government under Mao Zedong that was established in 1949, mm-hmm. pledged support to North Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So thus, the Vietnam War became the battlefield for the Cold War between Marxism-Leninism versus democratic capitalism with the people of Vietnam caught in the crossfire. Okay, so we brought them in on a war they had no business being a part of. There were some people who, like, supported it versus others. Yeah, but I mean, like, they didn't need to be there. I mean, the war didn't didn't need need to be be there. The The Soviet Union didn't need to be there. But of, why but can't we just let other countries, if they're not hurting anyone, why can't we just let them do their own dang thing? But the thing is, a very similar thing happened in World War One, where several countries got brought in on because they had allies, basically, uh, a war that they had no business being in. So the U.S. involvement in Vietnam. There are many reasons why the U.S. would want to get involved with the Vietnam War, but it would need congressional support to officially enter it. Uh-huh. So we didn't jump in right away technically, but like we did. So Emperor Bao Dai was succeeded by Nyo Dinh Diem, a Catholic nationalist and staunch anti-communist. The U.S. liked that. Of course. He had a clear preferential treatment for Catholics, however. <laughs> they were a minority in Vietnam, And this led to many protests in South Vietnam. During one of these protests in May of 1963, eight Buddhist protesters were killed by government officials. Lovely. In response, the Buddhists started immolating themselves, starting with one, I can't pronounce his name, I'm trying, uh, Beach Quang Duck, setting himself on fire in the middle of a busy intersection. What? This dude was referred to as the Buddhist crisis. Uh, yeah. And so uh, he, he wasn't the other one. Crisis? He's the one who started that. Uh, what, a bunch of people did this? Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah. The U.S. did not like this. No. I certainly hope not. And in response, the U.S. backed a military coup in which Diem and his brother were killed. Uh, why? Why? South Vietnam why? would then stop, see a stop it. chaotic succession of 12 governments over the next two years. Oh my God, leave poor Vietnam alone as long as they're not hurting anybody. Jeez. Well, and then there's the Gulf of Tonkin incident. This is officially what got us into the war. Uh-huh. I'm not going to go too far into this because there's another conspiracy theory surrounding it and I, I want to go in depth then, but... Uh Reportedly during this incident, North Vietnamese torpedo boats ambushed U.S. military ships. As a direct result of this incident, Congress signed off on taking all necessary measures to repel forces threatening the United States. And that's when they start executing the plants. They started a little bit before this, but yeah. I'm trying to get back to the plants. I know, I know, we're getting there. I just need to give you the background. I feel like a a lot more knowledge than I need to be. I'm sorry, would you care if I didn't give you the background? The settings. I know Forrest Gump is fine. You didn't know we lost the Vietnam War. (laughs) (laughs) The American public school system did me dirty. So now we get down to business. Somehow I passed AP U.S. history. There's some claims that Nyo Dinh Diem contacted the U.S. 
in mid-1961 to do an aerial spraying of herbicide in order to lure-slash-starve out opposing forces. Jeez. People aren't sure why this would have happened, uh, but either way, President John F. Kennedy authorized Operation Ranch Hand, uh, which was the name hand? given to the U.S. defoliation efforts in Vietnam. Okay, so I know the Ranch Hand is actually somebody who helps out on a ranch but my mind immediately yeah. goes to a hand. Miranda, no! Covered, covered in ranch. Oh. I, I got, I got, I got more of like a hand built out of ranch, yeah. like like a glove, like filled with ranch almost. That's yeah. really gross. Yeah, and you put that image in my head. See, I thought Thank mine you. was gross. <laughs> Yours is worse. I know, and you did this to me. No, Kennedy did this to you. Oh, Kennedy. He signed off on this in November of 1961. Yeah, yeah. So between 1962 and 1971, the U.S. military sprayed nearly 20 million gallons of the rainbow herbicides in Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. It is thought that an additional motivating factor for this was forced draft urbanization. What? Which was a concept that you would kill off all these plants, making it so peasants could not sustain themselves and would have to go to cities in order to survive, and the U.S. had more support in the cities. Ew. That's sick. And this would deprive dissenters from rural support. I don't like, I don't like that. I don't like war. Yeah. Agent Orange was sprayed from helicopters and low-flying aircrafts, as well as from boats, trucks, and even backpack sprayers. Ugh. Ultimately, about 12% of the total area of South Vietnam was sprayed with these chemicals at a concentration of 13 times what was recommended by the U.S. Department of Agriculture for domestic use. So not only was so much of this area hit, it was hit hard. Ugh. And a lot of these had multiple sprays. That's horrible. So the controversies surrounding this. Mm-hmm. First, the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War was always suspect. Congress was told the main goal of the program was for destroying the jungles and luring out guerrilla fighters. Mm-hmm. Military personnel, however, were told that the crops they destroyed were going to feed said guerrilla fighters. They later found out that nearly all of the destroyed food was intended to feed the local civilian population. Yeah. And uh, this caused widespread famine and malnourishment. Yeah. The American public also did not know of this program until 1965. The big issue, however, is not with the destruction of crops, actually. Uh-huh. So in order to create Agent Orange, the 2,4-D and the 2,4-5-T had to be in their isoacetyl ester form, which carries traces of a dioxin known as TCDD. That is 2,3,7,8-tetrachloro-dibenzo-p-dioxin. Oh Look, does anyone care about that? I want you to know. Nobody wants that. Okay. No. <laughs> Nobody wants it. So on average, the dioxin occurred at two to three parts per million. In reality, it was anywhere from 50 parts per billion. Okay, but what does that mean? To 50 parts per million. That's like how many... Uh, like super concentrated or... No, it's like super diluted okay. kind of thing. So, so like... So weaker? Yeah, like, uh, than the other components of the... Okay. However, this trace is a byproduct of the production of the herbicide. Yet, while it is only a small amount, it is still significant. Uh-huh. TCDD is the most toxic of all dioxins. Lovely. 
It is fat soluble, meaning that it readily enters the body through physical contact or consumption. Lovely. This dioxin also binds to a protein that moves into the nucleus of a cell and affects the gene expression. Lovely. Meaning it alters how things happen in your mm -hmm. DNA. This dioxin has been linked to type 2 diabetes, mm -hmm. nerve disorders, oh, great. muscular dysfunction, mm -hmm. immune system dysfunction, great. hormone disruption, mm. and heart disease. Great. Ash, do you feel that? No! <laughs> Taking it personally now? No. I knew you were going to say something. Why? Wow, the government, I'm sorry, the United States, I'm not sorry, the United States government is so rude. Well, this was a military mostly. It is unknown whether or not the U.S. military knew of this issue at the uh -huh. start of the campaign. The soldiers spraying it certainly didn't know. Yeah. Some reported splitting the empty drums of the agent and using them for barbecue pits or seeing oh soldiers God. spraying each other with it for fun. Oh, my God. Galston, you know, the guy who had uh, a hand in creating all of this. Mm-hmm. He actively advocated against its use as a weapon from the beginning. Well, he was just like, I was just trying to, yeah, just trying to make my plants grow, man. Yeah, like this was not my. He he, he had just reported his plants to grow. I, this was kind of likened to Einstein, you know, finding out the, how much energy you could get from breaking the bonds of an atom. Mm. Uh, I guarantee you, Einstein wasn't like, no, he hated Let's create a bomb. Out no, of actually, it. he actively denounced it. So, yeah. yeah. Scientists, you know, inventors, this poor scientist who's just like, I just wanted to make plants grow, and you used it for evil. Yep. So he sent letters to President Lyndon B. Johnson regarding its use, signed by many eminent scientists. Mm -hmm. Lyndon B. Johnson, for reference, was president after John yes. F. Kennedy, also his vice president. Yes. And I found out today that uh, he also had a daughter named Linda. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, and I just wanted to put it here. <laughs> I feel like that's a little vain of him. Yeah, I know, because his name is spelled L-Y-N-D-O-N, and her name was spelled L-Y-N-D-A. <laughs> Finally, the Department of Defense commissioned a report into the effects of Agent Orange. Uh -huh. It was found, then, that Agent Orange is a carcinogen and can cause deformation and malformation in the human body. And cancer... And also cancer, things like uh, heart disease, things like babies born with cleft palates ah! and like potentially missing limbs and stuff. The Nixon administration had just come into power at this point. Yee. Upon reviewing the evidence in, in the report in 1971. I'm sure, how many presidents deep are we now? Three. So it went JFK. I thought it was Lyndon B. Johnson. I thought it started with. Um, Truman, then Eisenhower, then kind JFK. Of, but not really. So then Truman and Eisenhower were like World War II, World War One kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think it was really just World War II. Oh God, I'm I didn't look into when Truman was. Ashlyn, president. He's the president of our state. The only claim to fame we have in that aspect. <laughs> you mean the president from our state? Yes. Because he just said president of our yes, state. Yes, president <laughs> of our state. There's the Truman Library, Ashlyn. He's still president to this day, man. <laughs> we still think he's president. No, he's, His ghost no. has an iron fist over he stayed. Remember he stayed at the Elms Hotel and Spa. So the entire spraying thing was enacted by JFK. Uh-huh. Then after he was assassinated, Lyndon B. Johnson came in. Yes. 
And now we're in Nixon. Uh-huh. So, three. Upon reviewing the evidence in the report in 1971, Nixon signed an executive order to halt the use of Agent Orange. So a lot of damage had already been done. Yes. As veterans of the Vietnam War returned home, many faced diagnoses of cancer. Hmm. I wonder why. Others had children who were born deformed. Hmm. I wonder why. And so they started to question whether these were linked to Agent Orange. A famous, a famous quote comes from Paul Rudershan. Paul or Rudershan. No. Red. So Rudershan was a helicopter chief who flew almost daily spraying the agent oh, during the lovely. war. Oh, lovely. Poor he, guy. He had been told it was relatively non-toxic to humans and animals, so he didn't worry about the effect on his health. Lovely. After he returned home, he was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. He went onto the Today Show in 1978 saying, I died in Vietnam, but I didn't even know it. Oh my God, that's so sad. But it's kind of true for no, a lot of these true. men. it is true. Before his death, he founded the AOVI, the Agent Orange Victims International. Yeah. And helped file a class action lawsuit to aid those exposed to the agent. Yeah. The federal government couldn't be sued due to the Ferez Doctrine. This precluded quote-unquote, recovery against the United States for Uh, injuries that arise out of or in the course of activity incident to military service. You guys suck. So a class action was filed against seven chemical manufacturing companies in May 1979. Yeah. So the ones who made the chemical. Make someone pay. In June 1985, a settlement was approved without a trial Mm. uh, Mm -hmm. with a fund of $180 $180 million yeah. becoming available to those affected. Wait, that's sort not that of. much money. And that's not that much money. That's not that much money, and not a lot of people got this money. What? The criteria for being able to receive aid was convoluted. For one, it couldn't be proven that some medical conditions and deformations occurred because of Agent Orange. Ugh. Cancers such as soft skin, sarcoma, were approved, while developing cancerous tumors in the brain weren't. Except that absolutely was caused by... It could be. Was. You can't prove it. Yeah. You, you can't prove that it wouldn't you have... You can't prove that it's me about to shove my... Well, no, and, the, and this, is, this is actually what a lot of tobacco companies mm, and things like that have used before. You can't prove that it wouldn't have developed naturally. Yeah. Technically. Uh-huh. But again, that doesn't always fly. Civilian women who worked in Vietnam were able to apply for this, but the men had to prove that they had been exposed to the agent. An Air Force study claimed that, quote-unquote, no relationship between paternal dioxin exposure and birth defects had been found. However, upon external analysis of the Air Force's data, without excluding any subjects, it was found that there was a correlation. By April of 1993, only 486 veterans had been compensated, despite 39,419 soldiers who had been exposed to Agent Orange filing disability claims. Oh my God. Yeah. Jesus. And this is just of the soldiers that were working. This is saying nothing about the Vietnamese. Yeah. Imagine. In 1991, Congress passed the Agent Orange Act. This gave the Department of Veterans Affairs the ability to declare some conditions presumptive of exposure, meaning that they presumed to have been exposed. Uh Uh-huh. And those who served in Vietnam were able to receive medical treatment and compensation for their ailments. Mm -hmm. In May of 2007, now we're we're getting, you know, into the 2000s with this, when this happened in the 60s and 70s, 
President George W. Bush signed the U.S. Troops Readiness, Veterans Care, Katrina Recovery, and Iraq Accountability Appropriations Act 2007. So this was like a huge act mm-hmm. combined into one, ultimately. And this earmarked $3 million into programs aiming to remediate the dioxin hotspots and provide public health for the surrounding communities in Vietnam. So $3 million for all that had happened. Yeah. This amount was, of course, inadequate, to say the least. So in 2011, under the Obama administration, a ceremony was held to mark the start of the U.S.-funded decontamination of the hotspots to the tune of at least $32 million. I'm sorry. When Obama was president, yeah, we just started funding cleanup for this mm-hmm. in two thousand like what eight? Two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. Yeah, in two in two thousand seven is when George W. Bush signed the act earmarking the three million dollars. Well, yeah, okay, good for George W. Bush saying we'll take care of that eventually. Except with three hundred three million dollars. Oh, yeah. Ooh, so. The program was stopped in 1971. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's an entire generation of people. (laughs) It's upsetting. (laughs) So Vietnamese victims advocates groups also attempted a class action lawsuit against the chemical manufacturing companies, citing that the spray was chemical warfare and violated the Hogg Convention on Land Warfare, the Geneva Protocol, and the Geneva Conventions. Good for them. They didn't get anything from this. Of course. The U.S. government could not be a party to the lawsuit due to the sovereign immunity, and the U.N. extended that to the companies that had provided them with Agent Orange. More than that, the British use of herbicides in the Malayan emergency had set a precedent. Since an herbicide is not meant to hurt people but crops, it cannot be classified as a chemical weapon, and that's why it's not against the Geneva Conventions. I'm sorry, but if you're herbicide, your thing that's only supposed to affect crops, affects people, but I think did, it should be classified as something. But they can claim ignorance. So, well, they certainly were. Well, they stopped spraying it once they learned about they it. They certainly were ignorant, weren't they? Yeah. The thing is, Galston had said you need to look into this before uh, they'd used it. Also, he advocated people. against using it as a warfare tactic well, in the yeah, first place. Like, I just wanted to help plants grow. I just let you guys know that if you use it too much... It'd be bad. I'm not sure he was that feeble, but okay. <laughs> That's what I like to imagine. There needs to be some good guy, okay? <laughs> I know. Well, if you want a good guy, Galston is probably the best you're going to get in all this. Yep. So the U.S.-Vietnam Dialogue Group on Agent Orange slash Dioxin, this is a little group, they got together and created a comprehensive 10-year plan to address the legacy of Agent Orange and called upon governments, businesses, foundations, and nonprofits to partner up to decontaminate these hotspots and to expand humanitarian services to those with disabilities. Mm-hmm. The plan was unveiled in June 2010 and was backed publicly by Senator Patrick Leahy in September of that year. Or Leahy. I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing a lot of names probably in this. So cleanup programs for Agent Orange are still ongoing, and we're in the 2020s. So... That's a little upsetting. These cleanup efforts aren't just going on in Vietnam, but in areas where it was tested, produced, and stored. In February of 2012, Monsanto, a chemical company involved in all of this, settled a case regarding dioxin contamination of an Agent Orange manufacturing plant in Nitro, West Virginia. 
This included $9 million to clean up affected homes, $84 million for medical monitoring of the people affected, meaning if they weren't displaying it. I'm sorry, people's homes? Uh, and the community's legal fees. I'm sorry, they affected their community with it? I mean, basically. And I'm sorry, they got $9 million, but, the, but Vietnam only got three? Well, Vietnam was getting it from the U.S. government, <clears throat> yeah. whereas this was directly from a chemical company. Oh, I'm sorry, the chemical company cares more? No, the chemical company has more to lose. The the U.S. government isn't is is more untouchable, basically. Like they can. Unfortunately. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, this company, if they hold liability for things like that, they can lose a lot more money than just nine million or eighty-four million. I'm just confused on how they affected their own community with it. I mean, it was a chemical spray. Yeah. If, if it got into the if it got into the soil or. Okay the plants that were in it, then mm-hmm. it could also, because it, it, it incorporates into the food chain. In 2016, oh the, the EPA revealed its $1.4 billion plan to clean up the Passaic River in New Jersey. The reason it costs so much is the contaminants reportedly reached the waterways, causing it to be considered a Superfund site. Lovely. And it requires like, I don't know, a thousand degrees Celsius to actually kill this toxin. Jeez. Yeah. So they're superheating parts the New of New Jersey River. I don't I don't know exactly how they're doing it. They have a plan. The EPA has a plan. Mm. So there is of course more with all of these efforts and with all of these people affected. But it's clear to see that this is not all over. No. And yeah, so that that's Agent Orange. That's that's what I got for you today. How you feeling? I'm upset. How how you feeling about chemical warfare and... uh, I don't like it. It's rude. Would you consider that the U.S. uh, might have acted maliciously, trying to actively harm the Vietnamese people, like their civilians, instead of just... I think someone would be doing. I don't doubt that myself. Um, And we'll get into this more when I talk about the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Lovely. And other things surrounding this. Another thing up that upsets me. I'm here for fun conspiracies, Ashlyn. Not making me constantly worried about where I live. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a lot of dark stuff here. And it's not just the uh, U.S. that does these sorts of things. But in particular, during the Cold War era, there was a lot of paranoia, a lot of secrets. And for some reason, we were scared of the color red. So why people hate redheads? No. Just kidding. No. But this this is why the word communism was a terrifying word back then. One that could get you blacklisted. I think that's honestly why nowadays so many adults, the older generation, have such a problem with anything that is like socialism. Mm-hmm. The reformed socialism and everything, they have such a problem with it because... Some what in in some capacity, I guarantee you, they were brainwashed to the fact of communism by the Almost American definitely. government. There was a lot of anti-communist yeah, propaganda. It was anti from from their childhoods and anti-communist propaganda. And honestly, at first, I had a little bit of that too. But then, I mean, do I agree with everything? No, but I don't know enough about anything to have a concrete, dis- you know, <laughs> Thanks, opinion. So, I mean, this is how I stay middle of the road. Don't learn too much about anything. However. From what I've heard about it, I mean, a lot of it sounds pretty good. I, you know, healthcare for everybody, that sounds yeah. really nice. 
again, it's one of those, it sounds good on paper things, but it doesn't quite work maybe, that way Maybe Ashlyn like, could capitalism. get her medication. Uh, Ashlyn's going to die, and that's just what's going to happen. Maybe Ashlyn could get her medication because the insurance company wouldn't, you know, keep denying it. I don't know. Uh, that reminds me, i got to actually handle that. I'm so tired. Can't I just pay someone to handle these problems for me? Or you could just pay out of pocket for your prescription. <laughs> that's over $300 I know, a I month. I looked it up. It's stupid. Um, do also, you have a plan to dismantle the government for, you know, the <laughs> crimes they have committed against the world? Uh, you'd, you'd be dismantling a lot of yeah. governments, so, like, it wouldn't just be uh, the okay, U.S. Well, government. Okay, well, don't necessarily tell us about that because I don't need people coming here right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is afraid to invite people into this. Um, that's mainly just because I don't like the general public. Uh Okay, Mainly so I'm cutting that out. <laughs> like, eh, we eh, can't eh. tell people we don't like them, right? I like my listeners. Our listeners. They're not the general public. They're on another level. They're cool. Oh, they're, they're the executive they're cool. Uh, um, here. But if you have any more fun conspiracy theories <laughs> to tell us about, please email us at mattertheniccaterpillar@gmail.com. And Miranda's going to whisper <clears throat> them to me in my sleep. Uh, yes. So that subconscious. I, just, I can no. subconsciously start thinking about them. There's something fun to talk about instead of horrible horrible government conspiracy if you have anything to add about anything you've heard or to anything you've heard yeah. in any of our podcasts and you find a little post about it on our little instagram page you can do that at matter than a caterpillar on instagram or if you want to tell us any of your personal stories if you have them about agent orange or people you know that it affected go ahead and tweet those at us at matter than a cat on twitter we also have a Facebook page at ITYW Podcast, uh, or I'll tell you what with a period instead of an ellipses. Miranda's forever bitter. Yep. And you can also check us out on TikTok at Madder Than a Caterpillar. We've uploaded more uh, little TikToks yeah. for you. They're fun. They're a little wacky. Um, and without further ado, tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your friends. Tell the FBI agent listening through your phone. And tell Forrest Gump. He's living in your closet. And good night. <laughs> I like how you went light there, but that, that's also sad. I don't want him living in there. He deserves better. Oh, he had a good life. Don't worry. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Don't worry. He meets the president. At what cost? Which one? I'm pretty sure he meets two presidents. Which ones? I don't know. You'll have to watch the movie to find out. I'm scared. Poor Forrest Gump.